shall we? All right, I think I'm I'm still waking up. We're going to stretch over here. We're going to stretch over there. Wake me up before you go, go. <laughs> Every episode, we should have you sing something, I think. Well, I already naturally just break out into songs, so it'll happen then. Just expect it. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name's Sherilyn. Hi, everyone. This is Hannah. And this show is called We Live in a Film Society. It's a show about movies and the meaning we give them, and we explore why we, as individuals and as a society, love and connect with movies. Literally everything. Literally everything. We talk about it all. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) Hannah, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse. Ooh, yeah. It's a multi-dimensional spider-man film just swooping on in with the spider-man swooping in with the heavy animation mm-hmm. with the beautiful music mm-hmm. and visuals mm-hmm. we got a new leading star miles morales oh, yeah. who's a young black man from brooklyn yep a young he's a kid he's a kid he's not a man not a man yet it is definitely a coming of age story oh yeah this is like the first black spider-man which was a pretty big deal mm-hmm Starring Shameik Moore. He was in Dope. He was in Dope. He hasn't been in a lot, a lot, but he's been in some pretty damn great things. It was directed by Bob Per... Oh, God. Pericetti and Peter Ramsey. (laughs) This movie came out in 2018, but Hannah and I both watched it for the first time in 2020. And, um... I gotta say, it was pretty entertaining. Actually, I watched it when it first came out. Oh, you did? I did. I saw it in theaters, and it was amazing on a big screen, I gotta say. I was really upset. As I was watching it, I was like, damn, I should be watching this on a badass screen. Yeah, just those colors and the style on a huge screen was freaking awesome. I didn't watch it on a giant screen, but I do also want to say i didn't watch it on a laptop or an ipad or anything embarrassing like that god forbid i watched it on my tv Mm -hmm. it could be bigger but (laughs) hey what can you do the visuals animation has come a long way from single cell images of mickey mouse walking on a painted backdrop and taking it one picture at a time to create the illusion of motion yeah our parents watched black and white films and now here we are watching spider-verse like what how did we get from that to this in such a short amount of time speaking of black and white versus colors the color palette in this movie loved loved it i feel a lot of respect towards this entire crew and the development team because You can tell that a lot was put into it. Obviously, Spider-Man is such a huge world and such a big deal. It was a Sony film, so I'm sure they had a billion dollars. But you can just tell that it was extremely thoughtful. Everything about this movie was so thoughtful. The story was very well-developed and very tight. I really appreciated that. Nothing felt extra. At no point was I bored or wondering why this moment was in the film, you know? Yeah, no bored moments. In fact, it was a a thrill ride. I'd be interested to know where each of us is coming at this from. Are you 
naturally a superhero fan, Sherilyn? No, not at all. I was thinking about why am I not? And I think it's just Marvel spews out a shit ton of movies. That's what they do. Especially now that they're owned by Disney and Disney is trying to milk the shit out of that cash cow. I don't know where to start. I did see the original Spider-Man and I've seen a couple other Spider-Mans. Can you define which original? <laughs> Toby Maguire, baby. Ugh. Toby Maguire. Sam Raimi. That's the OG, right? I think it's the OG live action Spider-Man faux show. <laughs> I saw that movie in Puerto Rico with my family. Which is funny because I guess it was like a big blockbuster and everyone's going to the movies. We're seeing Spider-Man. All my cousins were falling in love with Tobey Maguire. I was so young. I was like, ew, he's a man. <laughs> but now I I think now if I were to rewatch it, I'm like, yeah, he's cute. Yeah, he's your type. I don't think I was ever <laughs> calling me out attracted to Spider-Man, especially Tobey Maguire. Of all the Spider-Men I think actually the boy is the one that I'm the most attracted to, which sounds really weird when I put it like that. You're a pervert. Which boy? Tom Holland. The British guy? Yes. Mm -hmm. You would. But we're here to talk about Tobey Maguire. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, to bring us back on point. To bring us back on point. Tobey Maguire. When I was young, I would watch the old cartoons with my cousins on Saturday mornings and that was mm -hmm. I think my first introduction to Spider-Man but Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man directed by Sam Raimi <laughs> was absolutely my first real initiation into the Spider-Verse for sure yeah and I loved it same same that movie moved me mm -hmm. that movie was iconic the upside down kiss Yes. How would you say that it personally resonated with you? The Sam Raimi versions came out when I was in middle school. So already everyone in middle school is dealing with identity crisis issues. Oh, yeah. We all want to fit in, but we all want to excel in some way. So I think just by virtue of the age group and the life milestone that I was at when it came out, it resonated for that reason alone. I was developing as a person. Also puberty. Oh yeah, no, I love that this version actually came at it from him being in middle school and dealing with puberty, puberty. like actual growing pains. Yes, physical, literal growing pains. He's thinking that his sweatiness and his sticky hands is a puberty thing, which is so funny because can you imagine actually sticking to everything and, and justifying it by thinking that it's puberty? And that's why we know we have an issue with sexual education in this country. Another theme in this movie is our lack of sex education. <laughs> no, but I, I also appreciated that they talked about puberty because, oof, puberty, middle school. What a time. What a time. So going into Spider-Man, into the Spider-Verse, I was a little worried. I was like, okay, this is the first black Spider-Man. And it's this guy from Brooklyn. He's got, I think, a Puerto Rican mom and a black cop dad. And I just really need this to be good because I can't just have it be Hollywood's ready to fulfill their diversity Spider-Man uh, 
gap. Mm -hmm. So I was a little worried that it was going to be a little on the nose. But clearly the writers did a good job with the story because it wasn't a story about a black man in New York. It was just a story about a kid who happened to be black Puerto Rican. And besides that, it was just overall a good movie. In fact, it was great. Yeah, I'm white. So going into it with a black Spider-Man, I was like, I hope it's good. Mm -hmm. But at the end, I wasn't relieved. I was just like, that was incredible. (laughs) Which is honestly the same. (laughs) That's I think the point that I'm trying to make. I didn't want to have to analyze that part of it. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that worked on this movie. I watched (laughs) the credits at the end and it was like the longest post credits I've ever seen in my life. I think this must be like the most crew that have ever worked on a movie. Any movies with animation have the longest lists for sure. I mean, all of the Marvel movies that require so much CGI and so much animation for being a quote live action film. It's like a short film. It's ridiculous. Wild stuff. Yeah. Post team goes hard in this Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. So the movie talks about a lot of different things but I guess the main issue that they're having is the space-time continuum is falling apart and Spider-Man's from different dimensions coming into the world that Miles Morales is in Mm -hmm. so at one point all of the Spider-Man's from all these different dimensions meet and they're showing Miles Morales the ropes of being a Spider-Man because they all have to come together to fix this dimension problem. Right, which is being created by the big bad, which is Kingpin or Wilson Fisk, played by Liev Schreiber. And basically, he lost his family because he was doing some act of violence and his family walked in on it and they abandoned him and in their frenzy, leaving him, died in a terrible car accident. So he's working to get them back. I was so confused with who this bad guy was and why he was bad and why he looked like a giant block. (laughs) I was like, is he a human? Is he a human? I still don't know because how does a human fight with Spider-Man and almost win no he's a very big powerful white guy oh that's his superpower (laughs) yeah that's his superpower he seems to have a lot of money and with that comes a lot of power and girth to his body i suppose yeah thank you (laughs) yeah okay now i know he's just a big bad rich girthy white guy yep 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 got it oh that's good that's good thanks for explaining that Okay, so that's the gist of that story and kind of the problems that are arising Mm -hmm. and who and what they're fighting. Because of this technology headed by Doc Ock, who comes in as a woman. Catherine Catherine Hahn voices her. So good. I love Catherine Hahn so much. I can't explain it. I can't explain why. Okay, so Doc Ock, Catherine Hahn, big capitalist, girthy white guy. (laughs) multiverse so when things are literally falling apart this is the crazy part with the animation that blew my mind i was like how do you even conceptualize Mm -hmm. your dimension falling apart and i felt like they did such a good job with that because it was clear to us and the fact that they could 
express that with the dot drawings. I want to I'm calling it dot drawings, but there's Are you talking about when they're actually pushing all of that energy together and it's bringing in the other dimensions and it kind of looks like a lava lamp almost? Exactly. The stylized layout that was weird and broken looking. That part was really impressive to me. I agree. The end result was really incredible. I loved the bubbling over effect. That was so cool. I'm sure they drew inspiration from other ideas, but it seemed really original. Yeah, for sure. So should we get back to Catherine Hahn? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, first of all, the introduction to her character was great. I really liked it. Her reveal as Doc Ock. (laughs) Yeah, her reveal was great. It was sexy and... You think it was sexy? I think you just have a crush on Katherine Hahn. I think so. (laughs) Because she was being a little nerdy scientist just being like, oh, and I need a... Oh, that's so interesting. And oh, it looks like you gained weight. And and then she pushes him into the chair. And then she's like, ha ha ha, I'm actually Doc Ock. (laughs) And I'm a woman in this dimension. Yeah, maybe. You're right. Guilty. (laughs) Also, her character design was amazing i loved how they built up her hair to look like an octopus head because let's face it doc ock doesn't look like an octopus until you put those arms on him but her i was like oh my gosh that's cool yeah her hair is dope all of the design throughout the movie was so fun the bad guy which is his uncle oh yeah uncle aaron played by mahershala ali working for the kingpin but i forget what his villain name is okay whoever designed that character props to them because it was so scary it gave me the creeps it reminded me of what you see in the corner of your room when you're having sleep paralysis the way that it moved it reminded me of emperor zorg from toy story a little bit oh that's funny i think because of the very sharp angles on his head or whatever I wish that I made that connection because I was truly petrified. I also really loved his score. Everything about it was scary. It was really scary. Like when the kingpin notices that someone is watching him almost kill Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man from that dimension, and he sees Miles Morales as a witness. He's like, kill that guy. And you just see him turn and immediately just fucking sprint towards him like the music and the action and the way that he just looked like this creepy demonic shadow was frightening i was scared did you know that it was the uncle before the reveal or was the reveal a surprise for you when he takes his mask off at the apartment no i think i noticed it before that but how would i have picked up on that i don't remember i realized it when he arrived at uncle aaron's window i was like oh my god, I think that might be his uncle. Because why else would he be there? Anyways, I I kind of got a spidey sense, if you'll allow it. I'll allow it. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, and I did start watching this movie a few months ago. And so maybe that's why I knew. <laughs> you forgot that you watched to that yeah, point. Yeah, I fell asleep the first time I tried to watch it, which I didn't want to admit that. So when I watched it for the first time all the way through yesterday, I had a hunch. But I think that that hunch was because I'd seen it before. (laughs) Anyways, big reveal. Big deal. And sad. It was sad. Ugh. So tragic when he dies. When he's killed by Kingpin for not killing his nephew. Yeah. 
I was really sad too when the cop dad discovered him his brother yeah and that was the first time that Miles was able to willfully make himself invisible to escape having to reveal himself to his dad yeah and see that moment between the two of them which is such a cool power I loved that he can make himself invisible Mm-hmm. the electricity that was also a new thing for spider-man yeah good stuff also oh my gosh Nicolas cage as noir spider-man was a fucking stroke of genius yeah we all are craving the moment when Nicolas cage can come back into our lives and surprise us and we can love it and this was one of those moments for me I sometimes hold the match and let it burn all the way down to my fingers just to feel something, anything. There you go. You got it. Just so overly dramatic. It was so perfect. Ugh, that was that was really great casting. Also, John Mulaney as Spider Pig. It's Peter Porker, a.k.a. Spider-Ham. Sorry. And that might have been my favorite joke in the entire movie. <laughs> But then I realized that that's actually a thing. Oh, it is? In the actual Spider-Verse in our reality, Spider-Ham is a thing. So is Noir Spider-Man. And also the Japanese Spider-Woman cartoon. <laughs> I think a lot of fans were like, oh, that's the one that we haven't heard of. Oh, and interesting. We're not sure if it actually exists maybe in Japan in some hidden manga series or something we gotta look into that anyways penny parker was voiced by kimiko glenn kimiko glenn but i really liked the actor for whatever that's worth oh where would we know her from i want to say one of her breakout roles was in orange is the new black i don't remember her character oh okay well that explains why i would not be familiar because i have missed that boat i haven't gotten on the orange is the new black boat one thing that stood out to me was the great expectations was the book that they were reading in school i thought that was cool i didn't even notice that oh wait that's a theme expectations that's what he spray painted yeah, I I recently finished reading that book just for fun because I'm a nerd. What's it about? The story behind Great Expectations, very, very briefly, is about Pip. Picture in picture. What? Oh, Pip. P-I-P. Picture in picture. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, this kid comes from nothing and he's sort of plucked out of his poor existence and put into this high society where he is essentially trained to be a gentleman and it's about him fumbling through that and not always feeling worthy of it yeah and I feel like Miles character he earned his way and won a lottery into this nice school from Mm -hmm. out of the neighborhood middle school that he was going to which also kind of challenged his identity because he seemed really popular at that other school. His first day going to that other one, everyone's like, Miles, what's up? Where are you? We already miss you. Yeah, actually, I was watching a YouTube video about the visual effects supervisor, Danny Dimian, and Josh Beveridge, who was head of character animation. And I saw that at the beginning of the film, the lighting when he's saying hey to his friends and just like very comfortable in his environment and Brooklyn is light and fun but then when he gets to his new private school the lighting becomes very harsh 
Mm-hmm. You know, those lights that you hate in school. The fluorescence. Yeah, shitty fluorescent lighting and kind of harsh and intense. So that was something that I, I remember they, they brought up, the like dramatic lighting change. Totally. I think that's an interesting thing to bring up is even in animated films cinematography is still very much a thing you know just because there's not a physical camera and physical lights that you are maneuvering it's still something that needs to be conceptualized and executed oh yeah super interesting even though it's all in post there's still a camera they still reference a camera Mm -hmm. you know the crazy shots where he's like going straight down into the city from the top of a building The way that they constructed New York and these buildings was the buildings are not going straight up and down. They're kind of going at different angles and they're also 10 times the size of what an actual building would be in New York. Oh, cool. They still have to direct a camera digitally to follow him somewhere. Yeah. So they build this 360 world. Anyways, it's wild. It really is. You've created a digital studio where you are placing an imaginary camera and moving it and moving the lighting. It's a lot of control, uh, which feels overwhelming for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah, it's a lot. But it's fascinating for sure. I have a question about Spider-Woman Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. Is she in another Spider-Verse? Yeah, I think she has her own comic book series. And in that comic book series, she can't save her best friend, Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Yeah, I suppose so. I was a little bit annoyed with the storyline of her being emotionally closed off. Yeah. Every Spider-Man has dealt, or Spider-Woman has dealt with death and trauma. Yeah, and they actually have a whole moment where they go around the circle after Miles's uncle is killed and they're like yeah for me it was my best friend for me it was my uncle for me it was you know whatever I don't know why it just kind of annoyed me that she was like I don't do friends because her best friend died I mean I get it you're still dealing with it but it it just seemed a little lazy I just didn't like that that was her whole personality. It was like this hard ass that doesn't make friends. Mm. What would you do differently? I mean, she was definitely like a cool girl, which is definitely a trope. Yeah, effortlessly cool and attractive and like all of the dudes around her, but emotionally unavailable, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I have problems with the cool girl trope in general. For sure, it's problematic. It's yet another unreachable standard for females. Yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't a huge issue that I had. I was just like, oh, man, that's a bummer that she had to be this emotionally scarred girl. Mm -hmm. But I think that's maybe a superhero trope in general is that they're kind of emotionally unavailable. They've all dealt with loss in a serious way and it's affected their ability to connect with other humans. It is, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on on her character, but it wasn't about her. The movie wasn't about her. It was about Miles Morales, not Gwen Stacy, which is fine. We love Miles, and his character was very well-rounded and interesting, and I like that he's a doodler. (laughs) Yeah. He was an artist. He was. So, lots of good thoughts there. 
And now we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking to Eric Owusu and he loves Spider-Man. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back with him and our final thoughts. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Are we all cozy? Definitely cozy. Okay, and we are back with Eric Owusu, who is a writer. And Eric has written on shows like Raven's Home. He's a stand-up comic. He is an actor. Anything else? Jovial human. Let's go with that. A jovial human. Oh, I love that. <laughs> We've all worked together before. I would like to say that to our audience. Yeah, we're all familiar with each other. Yeah, we've all worked together on random random gigs, like a commercial <laughs> that I produced and Hannah assistant directed and Eric PA'd and acted in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, I want to point out there's a Spider-Man poster in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Oh, thanks. You didn't just put that up for us, did you? No, no, that's just there. Uh, my homie Khalil, who created the Black Spider-Man web series. He gave it to me because he has so much Spider-Man stuff. (laughs) He's like, take it. I need some help. Oh, that was one more thing. I have the Miles Morales Spider-Man costume because I was him for Halloween last year. That's what it was. I forgot to ask you about that. Also, what a great design. My favorite. Yeah, I love it. What a great update on the Spider-Man outfit ensemble it's so diy black and red look so much better together than black and blue or no no than red and blue yeah red and blue yeah. i guess the red and blue it looks good but it looks kind of old school and the the new one just looks so fresh and sleek and modern it's almost like going from adam west batman like how we've always had the gray and the black or mm-hmm. black on black to the batman beyond batman with black and red yeah I knew that you liked Spider-Man, but I didn't know that you literally wrote for Black Spider-Man series <laughs> and acted in it. Yeah. So can you tell me about what that is and what your role is? For sure. Yeah, so Black Spider-Man is a web series me and my buddy Khalil Abdelrahim, we made. He created it. It's his brainchild. Him and our other friend, Chance Harlem, and our other friend, uh, Crystal Bubble, we all came together and put it together. So it's a web series about the Spider-Man we all know and love, but essentially... The government has said there's a new mandate where every superhero has to unmask themselves. Kind of follows the Civil War comic book storyline. So Spider-Man does, and he's a bald black dude, and everyone's like, oh my god, Spider-Man was black this whole time? (laughs) So now he walks around New York City fighting crime and saving people, but unmasked, and so everyone refers to him now as Black Spider-Man. So his whole thing is, you don't have to say black, I'm still the same Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 okay, (laughs) whatever, Black Spider-Man. Anyway. Oh my god, that's incredible. (laughs) Oh god. Where can we watch that? You can watch that on YouTube. Camp Productions is the YouTube channel. So I, uh, I wrote for it, and I was in a couple episodes. The very last episode is called Black Heroes Matter. So it's Spider-Man being inducted into a meeting with all these black comic book and anime heroes. There's Korra from Avatar and Static Shock is in there. And I play Frozone from The Incredibles and Nick Fury from The Avengers. Beautiful. Wow, this sounds so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Obviously, you're into Marvel and superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. To what degree? What is your relationship with the superhero world? Well, I've seen pretty much every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie 
I saw all the original Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire. I saw Into the Spider-Verse two or three times when it came out, and I have the DVD somewhere. Yeah, so I love superhero stuff. TV kind of raised me. I didn't have cable. So the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s and like X-Men and all that. And my mom didn't really buy me comic books. So I just kind of gorged on the movies as they came out and all the TV shows and cartoons and stuff as they were out. Clearly, I really like them still. I still do artwork and I create stuff in real life, watch the movies. And I'd go down Wikipedia rabbit holes. So I'll look up a specific Spider-Man comic book run and then there will be a random character in it. And I'm like, what's their backstory? And then I get into their backstory and that comic book artist that created them and then what else they've done. And yeah, several hours when I should have been writing other things instead <laughs> going down Wikipedia rabbit holes. Instead, you know about random Spider-Mans from different dimensions. Exactly, right. <laughs> so can I ask, why Spider-Man? There's a lot of superheroes out there in the world. What draws you to Spider-Man specifically? Yeah, Spider-Man's my favorite. If I could be any superhero, it'd be Spider-Man. And it's because he's so flawed but not in an evil way but just a bumbling kid who's figuring it out type of way and I identify with that so much and I think his powers are super cool and he's not like a big beefy he-man type superhero he's you know smaller frail he's lean like me so like I can see myself a lot (laughs) in Spider-Man and especially Miles Morales he's a super cool addition to the Spider-Verse that I really appreciated from the jump He first appeared in 2011, but I think he first got his own comic and run in 2013 or 14. Oh, wow. He was around before this feature came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when that news was announced, there's going to be a black Spider-Man. He's Afro-Latino and he's queer. It was just like, in this world, in my lifetime? Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I didn't know that he was also queer. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of uh, his narrative in the comics for sure. Oh. There's a comic that recently came out in his storyline, and there's a Moonlight poster in his bedroom. What? Yeah, yeah, that just happened, yeah. Oh, that's so oh cool. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're really expanding the conversation on Spider-Man, <laughs> and I love it. Yes. I don't really read comics, but I feel like that's one that I would be super interested in reading, because Miles Morales is a very interesting dude. Mm -hmm. Sherilyn was saying because it is the first iteration of a traditionally white superhero, there was a lot of hoping that it would turn out well. For me personally. Mm. Did you experience anything like that as well? Worried that the filmmakers would maybe fumble the story a little bit since it was a person of color. For the listeners, Eric is a black man. Oh yeah, I am a uh, black. (laughs) Eric's a black and I'm a brown. Yes. (laughs) Hannah's a white. Yes. We are covering the whole spectrum right here. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. For me, I was worried they would fumble it because it's a comic book superhero thing. Because the Fantastic Four movies from back in the day were all we had, so it was like, yeah, I saw them in theaters. And then the Silver Surfer one was not great. The Green Lantern movie didn't come out well, and these things are assumed to be layups because so many writers have given so many swings at it in the comics. It's like, how do you fuck up something that's been done so many times? So there's always that fear. But I I think I was also like, oh, it's going to be a black Spider-Man? Bad or good, it's getting my money. That's how I felt about that. That's how I felt about Black Panther. Black Panther ended up being spectacular. Mm -hmm. So I was Mm -hmm. like, 
double victory. They were fucking fantastic. Yeah, we really liked it too. And I, I really love that Miles Morales is Afro-Latino from Brooklyn. You lived in Brooklyn for a bit, right? Me? Oh, no. The, I was in the Bronx, but I like, oh, went to school. never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> so of all of the Spider-Men that have existed within this movie and out, like Tobey Maguire versus Andrew Garfield versus Tom Holland, do you have a favorite yourself? Oh, don't make me choose. It's like pick up a favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a top three. As long as you explain why. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Top three. Ooh, okay. Okay, top three have to be Tom Holland, Shameik Moore as Miles Morales, and Tobey Maguire. Tobey because he was the first live-action Spider-Man that I've ever seen. So he made Spider-Man real, in a way. Mm-hmm. And that first Spider-Man came out in 2002. I was in middle school Mm -hmm. i was like whoa yeah (laughs) i remember spider-man 3 came out the one which we never speak about (laughs) (laughs) right 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 i was in high school and we had a half day and a bunch of us went straight to the movie theater to go see it (laughs) and we all watched it and we all walked out and we're just like damn that wasn't good (laughs) (laughs) that was the end of an era i suppose (laughs) on to the next (laughs) (laughs) no i feel you though i was also in middle school so the first Spider-Man had a lot of replay value for me. Mm-hmm. The second one had a lot of replay value for me. The third one, I didn't know much about movies, but I knew I didn't like it. <laughs> I knew it wasn't working for some reason. Mm-hmm. Although I will say a little embarrassedly that I did find emo Toby Maguire a little attractive. Is that weird? It's hey, a little weird. That mascara. <laughs> that mascara got you. I know. I I was going through a thing. I don't think it's weird. I, I feel like it's for the best that I didn't see that because I would have been I would have been the one fangirl that was fighting like bring justice to this movie. Yeah, Sherilyn would have been like, put some respect on Spider-Man 3's name. <laughs> no, it really it's yeah. interesting. It kind of follows the same pattern as The Godfather where the first one was excellent, mm. the second one was arguably better, and then the third one no one wants to recognize. That's a dope film take (laughs) you should put that on a poster or a shirt yeah right (laughs) yeah oh my god i can see it we would just do spider-man but in the style of the godfather Mm. poster and instead of the puppet strings it's spider webs yes (laughs) oh my god we just designed this we did it collectively Mm -hmm. i I contributed nothing (laughs) okay so you explain why you like those two spider-mans You kind of already explained why you liked Miles Morales, but was there anything else to that that you wanted to add? Oh, yeah, Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland, yeah. Yeah, the iteration of Spider-Man with Tom Holland, I think, feels the most like the comics of Peter Parker. Because he's in high school for these first two movies that we've seen him. They don't have him grow up too fast. So that's the most quintessential Spider-Man. In the comic book world of, you know, he's playing second fiddle to Iron Man and Thor and Black Widow and the X-Men and Storm. Like, he's a kid, but he still has to step up to the plate and rise to the occasion. I think the Tom Holland Spider-Man embodies that so well. And he's nervous and he has these things he wants to do. And the way they've made the Spider-Man movies thus far is dope because it's like, he just wants to be a normal kid. The first one, he just wants to go to the dance with the girl. But duty calls, and he's like, ah. And then the second one, he just wants to be in Europe with Mary Jane and do high school kid stuff. But duty calls, and he's like, ah. So, like, that's perfectly 
Spider-Man, and that's perfectly Peter Parker, and I think Tom Holland really does a solid job playing Tom uh, Tom Parker, <laughs> uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> this is the one with Zendaya, yeah? Yeah, yeah, she plays Mary Jane in his version of Spider-Man. I gotta watch it. Oh, they're great. You guys have the same top three. Yeah. Toby mm-hmm. Maguire, Miles Morales, and... Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom Holland, Tom. Holland. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that Andrew Garfield was not the one. <laughs> and he got two movies. He got two whole movies. He got two. <laughs> and they were talking about a third, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were trying to set up a third. He was fighting Rhino and I think some other Sinister Six villains kind of popped up in that movie. Did you watch them out of morbid curiosity or did you skip them? I skipped them initially, and then they were on cable certain days. So I was like, all right, let me just give them a watch just to see. I love (laughs) Spider-Man. Cable was like, here, take this for free. Right. You know how movies will come on TBS or FX during the day when they're just trying to kill time. And they were just as pointless as you assumed they were. I was like, I could have gone my entire whole ass life not seeing Andrew Garfield be tall, lanky Spider-Man. And like model-esque Spider-Man, right? right? Right. That was also the issue I had with the reboot of Carrie, Mm. that Carrie was just a pretty girl. Chloe Moretz, right? She played the new Carrie, and I'm just like, sorry, but that was poor casting we need a weirdo (laughs) we need sissy spacek yeah oh what does sissy spacek look like she looks like the original carrie because she is Ah. (laughs) she's just a little strange she's Mm. a little alternative and then you see her get all prettied up at the end and and oh my god i love that movie that's a different story for a different day (laughs) also about someone coming into their powers though funny enough in yeah and adolescence that's true yeah it's basically another marvel movie but don't tell disney don't let them have carrie (laughs) (laughs) right for my quality control work Disney is one of our clients and so I have watched far more Marvel movies than I ever would have intended to (laughs) independently and I will say that the Spider-Man episodes we'll call them are definitely some of my favorite to watch for sure because Tom Holland Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun to watch he does feel like a kid Tobey Maguire did not feel like a kid to me. I still think he's a great Spider-Man, but I hear you when you say Tom Holland is more like the kid in the comics, for sure. Also, Tobey Maguire was pushing 30 when he did the first Spider-Man. Right. So that's apparent. I know, and he was playing high school, right? Yeah, in the first Spider-Man, yeah. Honestly, I kind of miss that about movies. (laughs) Old Hollywood trying to play with age levels. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just brought me a little bit of hope. (laughs) Now that I'm nearing 30, I'm like... I could be in high school, right? It's like, no, <laughs> you can't. You're finally old enough to play middle school. Yeah. Yay, exactly. success. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Isn't that what Pen15 is teaching us, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's there's true. room for it. Mm-hmm. I've worked on that show. I don't know if I've told you that, but I've worked on oh, that show cool. a few times. I knew that. Super jealous. I just, I have to say it for all the listeners. <laughs> no, you can flaunt that. That's a good one. Right, flex on them. Yeah. No, not a flex. I'm scanning papers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on the set of Pen15, where it's like my friend that works on the show is like, we need somebody now. And I'm like, sure, I can come in. And it's like, we need you to scan a thousand of these papers. And I'm like, ugh, fine. (laughs) The glamorous world of film work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that I realized in the Into the Spider-Verse when 
the original Spider-Man dies, and it's in the news. The newscasters revealing who he is. They're like, Peter Parker, 26 years old. I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, that stood out to me too. Because yeah. even the way they animate him, I'm like, you're older than 26 though, right? He looks like at least 32. I think so too. He looks like a man. Yeah, so with that, the main one that died was 26. So he was Spider-Man for 10 years because Spider-Man because Spider-Man in high school. And then the one that comes from the other reality with the beer gut, the sadder one who really mentors Miles, Mm -hmm. is I think 10 years past that. So he's a super older, mid to late 30s Spider-Man. Super old. (laughs) Super old. He's decrepit (laughs) old man. (laughs) He's an old fart. Oh, God. So, yeah, he's old as fuck. And and anyways, he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Jesus. Dark Sherilyn, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Another thing that I wanted to bring up, Eric, was that you are an art hoe. I am an art hoe. I'll be busting it wide open for these paint strokes. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to art school. Kinda, yeah. I was an art major at uh, the University of Maryland in College Park. In what capacity, may I ask? It was a studio art major. So I was making artwork with the intention of becoming like a fine artist who makes art and had gallery shows and could do portraits of people or have stuff in museums one day. But yeah, gallery art. And now you do stand-up. Yeah, now I do stand-up, yeah. So I'm (laughs) doing shows in in theaters. What mediums did you work in? My primary thing is acrylic paint on canvas, but I also illustrate. I do pen on paper, pencil on paper, ink, charcoal, pastel, and I do graphic design. So I do a lot of Photoshop work and digital painting. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks. With your art background, I feel like you gotta have some opinions on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was so focused on bringing back the comic book style extremely graphic images loved it yeah graphic in the sense of like sexual yeah super graphic sex (laughs) (laughs) miles is fucking all over new york city (laughs) no it was a visual smorgasbord of popping colors and the little dot coloring style like old school comics and the hash marks for shading so apparently sony's trying to patent and license the technology they kind of invented to make into the Spider-Verse because it's so new and fusing old and new that they don't want anybody to steal it and not give them residual checks. That seems not fun. Not for the legal team. (laughs) For Sony, who's taking in all that money, I'm sure it's going to be a grand old time. Yeah, wow. Also, I feel like no matter how hard you try, it takes so much effort to make that. I'm sure there are bad apples that maybe try to make another version of Spider-Man, but I don't know. It just feels like it was so original and new that any other version of that just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, no, it wouldn't hold water. Yeah, but this one was so great. It won an Academy Award. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the Spider-Verse won, a, won an Academy Award. I think it was for Best Animated Movie. Yeah, it definitely won for Best Animated Feature. There it is. Of yep. its year. Yeah, just the style was dope. Do you remember the part after they fought Dr. Octopus and they were swinging through the forest and older Spider-Man was teaching them how to do the thing? So the animation for that was kind of staggered and jumpy and choppy. So it kind of was a visual representation of he, he's not smooth yet, but he's on his way. But then when he took the leap and he jumped off the building in the new costume with the spray painted spider on his chest before mm-hmm. he went to the final battle, that was animated and rendered super smooth and his fall was smooth. And there were just so many little hints and nods 
in the the visual expression of him becoming Spider-Man. It was really dope and well thought out and super well executed. Were there any other ways that you thought the style of the animation helped enhance the story or advance it a bit more? Yeah, in the moments where the other Spider-Men were being sent to Miles's reality from other realities, that choppy chaos and the different types of animation and illustration styles when they were being kind of ripped apart and sent over. And then also in the moments where every once in a while they would buffer, it looked like, when they're like, we got to get back to our own realities. That was super cool. And, you know, that would have looked weird in a live action movie or in a strictly 2D black line drawn animation style. So, yeah, this one did it really well. Yeah, I was definitely impressed at how well they had the anime character and the Looney Tunes character (laughs) look so natural in this other space where they had so very well defined what those characters in that world looked like it wasn't jarring at all Mm -hmm. yeah it didn't look out of place the characters also had depth and layers i think i saw a video of how for coloring in miles and the other characters they had like gradients and stuff when they were coloring them but they also rendered them a little bit in like 3d ish so it was almost like the incredibles but not as super rendered as that, but then put Mm -hmm. black lines to outline them so it would still look like a comic book. So that blending also was a nice little touch for the animation. So can you settle a bet? Was Penny Parker a character in the known Spider-World universe before this movie, or was she created for this movie? She wasn't created for this movie, but she didn't have her own separate comic series. I think she popped up in a Marvel comic event, but no, she's not original to Into the Spider-Verse. Eric, what did you think that this Into the Spider-Verse version got really, really right about Spider-Man? This kind of annoyed me about the Miles Morales Spider-Man while watching the movie, but then I got it. So like... He was so bad at being Spider-Man. He got his powers. He's fumbling around school. He runs into Gwen and he gets stuck to her hair or whatever. So embarrassing. It's super embarrassing. And then there's them fighting Dr. Octopus and him sucking it, swinging through the trees. And then there's the big fight where everyone goes to Aunt May's house and they're all fighting. He's kind of just scrambling and they're all protecting him, but also fighting. And I'm like... Why do you suck so bad? Why aren't you Spider-Man yet? Do it. Do the thing. But it was super helpful to illustrate just how difficult it would be for a kid to just randomly get powers and for people who have powers to just kind of descend in his life out of nowhere. I think it all happened within the span of a few days. Yeah. He really did have to learn while trying to stay alive how to use his powers and how to be spider-man not just how to survive in this new powered body but how to actively use the powers to be helpful and save the world and stop kingpin from blowing shit up so that i guess really did help define spider-man for me in terms of origin story the toby mcguire spider-man i think he kind of got it real fast in a montage yeah but this movie was the stumbling fumbling oh i got it which i've never really seen before so it it was super effective in in doing that and creating the spider-man from literally the ground up even the time that it took i felt like that was 
too soon. Mm. <laughs> Realistically, if you're going to become Spider-Man, you're going to have these powers. That's going to take at least a week, right? Yeah. To get a hold of things. <laughs> and so when they all had all the different spider um, creatures, Spider-Man and Spider-Women and spider spider Spider-People. <laughs> well, the pig, too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Spider-beings. Uh, yeah, uh, spider beings. There we go. When all the spider beings were having a talk, they're like, look, he's not getting this. We just mm. got to leave him behind. He's not ready. And he was very upset at that. And then OG Spider-Man was like, you'll just know when you're ready. And then he straps him to the chair and ties mm. his mouth, which I thought was a little extra. <laughs> he didn't need to do all that, but he didn't. he'll yeah. probably get a hold of it in like a couple weeks. But it was literally 20 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> He's like, I got it. <laughs> you know, I loved that moment. I agree. When I first watched it, I felt like it was extra when Peter webbed his mouth shut yeah. upon his exit. And I was just like, I don't know, maybe he didn't want him to scream, but he was going to be gone in two seconds. What was going to happen? But the way that that set up the next moment when his dad comes to yeah. check on him mm. and he could not respond in the one moment that he really probably wanted to for the first time mm -hmm. and really had to look inside of himself and understand what all of that trial with his father had been up until this point mm -hmm. he had to sit and listen and actually hear where his dad was coming from instead of defending where he was coming from I loved that as a plot device mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it was from within and I loved that I did. I thought that was so sweet, and I did cry. Softy. <laughs> I know. I know who the good cop and the bad cop are here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, but I actually really loved that moment, too, and it was heartbreaking that the dad just found out that his brother died, and it made it more urgent for him to need to really write it with his son Yeah, mm -hmm. because you don't know how long you have. Something you said, Eric, that stood out to me was this idea that he had to learn all of this while trying to survive. And we're recording this during this Black Lives Matter movement, which I think is really timely. Mm -hmm. Original Spider-Man Peter Parker, he had time to figure out his powers and how he wanted to use them. And I feel... Miles was kind of thrown into it at an even younger age. He was in middle school when he all of a sudden had to reckon with this intense growing up. And of course, it's a different context, mm -hmm. but I feel like there might be a parallel there. Um, I don't want to speak to anyone's personal experience because obviously as a white girl, I'm not that person, but there's been a lot of conversation about that and I wondered if that resonates with you at all yeah I mean that's always a kind of ever looming cloud of you know as black people in public in this country in this world in this day and age and and even the moment when Miles went to the graveyard to go see OG OG dead Peter Parker in the grave I think a cop or someone came in the graveyard and was like hey what are you doing there that moment for me was like oh shit He's just here paying his respects in a Spider-Man costume, which all of New York is wearing, but you still see his black skin kind of poking up. So even in that moment where I don't think it was supposed to be like a, damn, a black man can't even grieve his superhero. 
that still was palpable for me. So yeah, there was this element of, you know, Miles as a young black kid who probably wasn't much older than Tamir Rice, who was murdered by the police, like, rope fast on sight. And even tying in with the whole Black Spider-Man web series, like, he's got these powers and he's a kid, but he's also still black. And that, in and of itself, in a lot of people's eyes, in this racist society we live in, is a threat and can be viewed as a threat and is a justifiable threat when someone gets scared, reacts, and kills a black person. So uh, that that definitely can be viewed as a part of it. I haven't read any Miles Morales Spider-Man comics, and I don't know if they ever get into his blackness and his Spider-Man-ness, but that would be interesting to kind of investigate. Yeah. Does uh, anyone have any final thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? No, it was a fantastic movie like, i think it's one of my favorite spider-mans ever and i've seen them all yeah it just gelled with me in so many different ways i love it a lot the the voice acting was phenomenal the pacing mm-hmm. of the story it's yeah. a two-hour movie and it doesn't even feel like it which is also long for an animated feature yeah for sure also one of my favorite spider-man movies yeah easily same z's Eric, what do you have going on? Any projects coming up soon? Usually you can see Eric doing stand-up around LA, but there's a pandemic, so he's now not doing stand-up out and about. So where can we find you and what are you up to? Uh, I'm in my house uh, (laughs) writing stuff. I've done a couple Zoom stand-up shows, so I guess be on the lookout for that. I'll post them in my Instagram and stuff. What's your Instagram handle, if you want the people to know? It is... Eric, E-R-I-C dot K, K-A-Y dot Owusu, O-W-U-S-U. That's Instagram. And then Twitter is at Owusu Kid. I usually post all the stuff I got going on. I'm working on a funny rap music video thing with my buddy Eddie. He and I collaborate to do sketches and funny rap songs. So that's being edited and that should be out maybe this week or next. Sweet. Thanks for sharing all that, and thanks so much for chatting with us about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, y'all are a joy and a delight. Aww. Thank you guys for having me. Shucks. Swing on to your podcast. Hey, <laughs> Everyone gets one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stay healthy. Thanks, y'all too. And uh, have yourself a spidey day. (laughs) I will have a spidey day. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, that was a nice little end note on our... (laughs) All right, Eric. Thanks for being here, and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. And we are back. That's a song. Yeah, that's right. We're cool, girls. It's a trope. What a delight Eric was, wasn't he? Truly, so fun to talk to. I loved hearing everything he had to say. And handsome. So handsome. Oh, that smile. Eric's got a great smile. He really does. Let's get into our final thoughts, shall we? Let's do it. Well, go. (laughs) (laughs) I think that this was absolutely a phenomenal and wildly successful iteration of the Spider-Man story. I agree. I really like the angle of identity that the movie took on, just for the very fact that we saw so many versions of 
essentially the same superhero, but how that can look different in a lot of different universes. Yeah, identity. And Miles was the youngest one. That was shocking. I was a little shocked at how young he was. But then again, I'm getting older and the Spider-Men are getting younger. (laughs) (laughs) These young (laughs) Spider-Men. What's the saying? What's the, the creepy phrase? I'm getting older, but the Spider-Man stay the same age. Oh my god, I'm such a creep. <laughs> such a creep. What is that from? We saw that movie together. We did see that movie together on 420. We saw that movie together on 420 at the Wiltern, Wiltern Theater. Theater. And it was so romantic. I loved it. It was romantic. That was Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. I love that movie. Yeah. It was a good time. But back to Spider-Verse. Yes. I like the movie. And when Eric talked about his expectations, he's like, you know what? I was going to support it whether or not it was good. And it just so happened to be damn good. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what I was trying to get at when it comes to movies and like identity. And oh, this is the first black Spider-Man. I'm always on the defense. I'm like, look, Mm -hmm. people are going to hate it because he's black and people are going to hate it because... You know, my mind went to this negative place that I didn't want it to go to and I was just in the defense. Sure. I mean, I remember when it was announced that there was going to be a movie with a black Spider-Man, a lot of people, they were like, how is that possible? Spider-Man is a white man. I think the thing is, I've actually had this debate with people. I remember being at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida and getting on the Spider-Man ride, which is, oof, it's a fun one. And I just remember being there with this girl that I didn't know too well. She was a friend of a friend and she was a huge Marvel fan. And I don't remember what movie character it was, but she said something about how she was upset that the new character was a person of color because it wasn't like the original thing. And she's like, well, I don't, it doesn't matter. The race doesn't matter. It's just it wasn't the way that it was meant to be. It was just whatever dumb yeah. argument it was. And this right. was like when I was younger too. So I didn't really have the the words to express myself. I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't properly express what I was trying to say, which was basically this shouldn't matter. Right. That's not the defining characteristic of this superhero yeah if peter parker had always been an amputee or something and that was a part of his story then if we had a version where he was not an amputee that would change the story yeah but the fact of his skin color being white was never truly part of the character in any significant way exactly i didn't even want this to be that big of a part of the conversation but I'm glad that it was I'm glad that we acknowledged it yeah was it awkward that I brought it up I don't think so because I I felt a little uncomfortable (laughs) being the person who wasn't a person of color in the conversation being like is this actually an issue well first of all you're a white person who's constantly trying to educate themselves when it comes to issues of race in the world And I am your friend and Eric is your friend. So I hold a space for you to have conversations like this. And Mm -hmm. I think Eric does too. And I have these conversations with Eric as well about race and dating and interracial relationships. And I think as long as 
we're acknowledging that it's not like you're asking to be educated. Like, I'm not asking you to do a lot of emotional labor. What's your take on this? You know, which is just something that people should be aware of when Mm -hmm. you're reaching out to your friend who just so happens to be a person of color and you're asking them an issue on a race. Don't expect them to be the voice of their race and don't expect them to educate you on this topic. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself and know that this is just their personal opinion because they have their own experience. Anyways, I don't think it was awkward. I think it was fine. Okay. I'll ask Eric later when we talk shit about you. (laughs) Yeah, please. Because if it makes anyone uncomfortable or if, I don't know, if it felt inappropriate at all that I brought it up, then I also want to be sensitive to that. Yeah, I think it's that's considerate of you, but I would like this to be the space where we can talk about these things. I'm glad. Yeah. So final thoughts. I guess my rating system would be spidey webs. Yes, me too. I was thinking spidey webs. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to give it five out of five spidey webs. You know what? Me too. Five out of five spidey webs. All day, every day. Yeah. Five out of five spidey webs for the goofs, the gaffs, the graphics, and the... I'm trying to think of another G. And the great voice acting. The great voice acting. (laughs) This one was a fun one. I really think it has a lot of replay value, which, as someone who watches movies over and over and over again, is sometimes important. For fun and for work. It is a blessing and a curse. I loved diving into all the things. Eric was wonderful. And so were you, Sherilyn. Thank you. And that's a wrap on our show for today. Thanks for tuning in as Hannah and I and Eric talked about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We want to know your thoughts. What did you guys think? Did you like it? Did you love Miles Morales? Did you love his poppy and his mommy? did you love his costume let us know your thoughts that was messy (laughs) i like acknowledging that it was messy i think that's a-okay yeah that's okay hey i'm not perfect perfection is not what we're going for we're not going for it so just know that this is my second or third take (laughs) let us know your thoughts on our instagram at we live in a film society and follow us on twitter at live film society where we throw it down and we keep it real Ooh, thanks for tuning in see you next week love you use your powers for good everyone with great power comes great responsibility love you bye, bye.